TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written in red by T.L. Dawnstar. Volume 2, Rogue Cannon. Chapter 5, Retail Renegade. Biggest load of Bruxel shit I've ever heard in my life, said Felicity Phobos as she turned to face the administrator in his well-appointed office. The last time I saw that idiot, he was dancing the Cantarian tango with a self-destructing cruise fighter with no escape pods that was barreling towards an exploding star. Now, call me a pessimist, but I reckon the chances of coming out of that one with all your organs where they ought to be are about as slim as the new Ladyfinger Sigs, from Toback Interplanetary, and not half as smooth, crisp, or refreshing. Speaking of which... She said as she reached into her back left pocket to produce one of the excellent quality and reasonably priced products. With lightning speed, the administrator aggressively tapped a slender finger on the dark mahogany Toblerone with elegant brass trim and white clean acrylic front plate that read, in a classically timeless serif typeface, absolutely no smoking. But it was too late. By the time his finger had completed its third obnoxious tap, Phil was happily puffing away and seriously enjoying the sophisticated taste, elegant handfeel, and pleasing shade of magenta that only a box-fresh ladyfinger from Toback Interplanetary can offer. New ladyfinger synthsigs for her, long, slim, and as pink as her lungs once were. She looked up at Darren, who was ostentatiously waving away the pink sweet-smelling vapor as he straightened his soiled uniform <coughs> and coughed theatrically. I have reason to believe he somehow survived the incident and has been living under an assumed identity on some backwater planet, he said expositionally. I thought I'd finally pinned him down on Garland Minor, but it seems the quality of my information was somewhat lacking. I was really rather hoping not to involve you, but circumstances have changed and I require your unique approach. Phil looked Darren dead in the eye with one of her trademark probing glances. She'd always found the stuffed shirt harder to read than medieval polkish goat poetry, but something in his stance told her that he wasn't lying through his ruthlessly healthy teeth this time. Or at the very least, he believed what he was saying. All right, I'll play along for a few bars, but don't expect me to sign up for the orchestra, okay? Go ahead, I'm ready. Ready for what? Your inevitable barrage of irritating questions, of course. Rude. And I just have one, actually. Which is... What the hell do you want Dark Cruiser for anyway? You still trying to bring him up on that phony murder charge? You read my report, didn't you? The kid didn't do it. Ah, yes. Quite the tale you told. You'd have me believe that Starhole faked his death with the help of your android assassin mother and a mysterious ancient cult in order to track down a magical cone which just so happened to be inside the chest of an ex-lover of both you and Dark Cruiser on some ancient fairy tale forest planet. Is that about the size of it? Well... When you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. Dark Cruiser may well be a fool, but he's still the best pilot in seven systems, and I have need of his particular skills. Yeah, what's the mission? Asked Phil professionally, for once. 
You'll be fully briefed once you have retrieved the target and returned him here. My crew is at your disposal if you require any assistance. Happy hunting, said Darren with a curt nod, and he began to stride away with the insufferable confidence of a man not used to hearing the word no. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, mister. I haven't agreed to nothing yet. Darren turned slightly. Come now. We both know you can't abide a mystery. As much as she hated to admit it, he was right. There was no way she could resist the powerful forces of intrigue that were already laying siege to the weakening fortifications of her better judgment. True enough, but I don't work for free. And despite what you might have read on various bathroom walls, I ain't cheap either. My budget allowance for this operation is quite extensive, and if I do say so myself, immaculately tabulated and organized. You may name your price. Are you feeling okay? She snapped with sarcastic concern. Darren was a legendarily tight fist, and at once threatened to haul her before the expenses tribunal over a claim she submitted for a five-fib unauthorized docking fine whilst carrying out a recon mission on Star Station Alpha. If he was putting his hand in his pocket, it meant that whatever cockamamie scheme he was planning must have been something really, really big and really, 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 really dangerous. Very amusing, Agent Phobos. Yeah, you can put not calling me that as entry number one on your itemized spreadsheet for starters, okay? As you wish, Felicity. No, no, that's that's somehow worse. How about we just stick with Ms? Very well, Ms. Phobos. Okay, soldier boy, here's the deal. I'll need a change of clothes, a pack of synthsigs, Two bottles of Nurgle juice, the proper stuff, not that off-brand swill. A few pulled strings to get that lousy ex-editor of mine off my ass. Maybe a new hat. Full expenses and a bowl of wing nuts for the dog. <coughs> Rivets barked happily as the administrator finished tapping away at his wristbound communicator. He looked up at the journalist and nodded. The appropriate forms will be processed and your request will be approved. You've been assigned quarters on B-Deck, so now you could get the hells out of my office and take this foul little beast with you. Phil stepped out of the tiny locker-sized ensuite bathroom and ran her fingers through her newly chin-length hair. She thought she'd done a pretty good job, considering her complete lack of training and the fact that she'd used her spacesuit-mounted las cutter to chop her famously glossy strands. Turned out having her long, flowing locks exposed to the freezing cold vacuum of space thanks to haphazard helmet application was just the push she needed to try out the old Earth-style asymmetrical bob she'd always been too scared to attempt. She slumped down on the generously-sized military cot and thought about what the hell she'd gotten herself into. What the hells have I gotten myself into? She thought as she lay on the cot. Rivets rocketed up on his new leg and onto the hard mattress next to her. I don't know, Rivets. Dark Cruiser? Alive? What do you think? The dogbot didn't reply. A, because he couldn't talk, and B, because he was too busy burritoing himself in the coarse Starcore issue sheets. Hells, if it wasn't for that no-good son of a bitch Darren, I'd probably bitten the cosmic dust myself seven cycles ago. Let's see... No, it's impossible. But if her best-selling adventure with him last time had taught her anything, it was that the impossible was never quite as impossible as you think. Well, if that colder is somehow still breathing, it'd be easy enough to track him down. 
Flyboy was about as subtle as a Technarchian market barker with a sonic amplifier, and he left a trail as wide as a variety of products, services, food court options, and entertainment venues at the indoor market on Caltrap 10. She rubbed her tired eyes and wondered why she was babbling on about the unbeatable bargains on offer at the Galaxy's premier discount retail centre. Then, her keen investigative instincts kicked into high gear. Phil sat bolt upright and slammed a hand onto the wall-mounted communicator located next to the hand sanitizer station that the administrator had insisted be installed in all crew quarters. There was a soothing, ringing tone as the call connected to the help desk located on the main bridge. Through the tinny speaker, she heard the various beeps and hums of the ship's various systems in operation, followed by Darren muttering to himself. Four across, eight letters, device for measuring oil level of an internal combustion engine. Dipstick! shouted Phil with glee. Excuse me, Miss Phobos! he replied without any glee. Four across is dipstick. Yes. Look, I can hear you're very busy, but I think I've got something. Can you patch me into the ship's galactic map? I'm not to be troubled with such trifles, Miss Phobos. One of the helmsmen will take care of it. He said dismissively and disconnected. A second later, the speaker chirped and a gruff voice came out of it. All right, Phil. Nice to have you on board again. Hi, Phil. You still hacking Darren's crosswords then? Oh, yeah. He's still none the wiser. We've had some belters lately. You'd think he would get old, but... But it really, really doesn't. And I take it I have you to thank for my trans-beam and grand entrance. Nice work, by the way. He looked like he was going to throw up. Oh, don't remind me. I lost ten fib on that. Anyway, what can I do for you? I need a complete gal map of charted systems in a central retail registry beamed to my entertainment unit down here. Quick as you like. No problem. Granting you access now. You'll just need to enter the passcode. It's all the same one. Oh, hi. You're one of the best, eh, Phil? Thanks, Phil. Felicity hopped over to the inbuilt net-enabled entertainment unit and booted up the mid-res display. As the screen slid smoothly from its light grey housing, an unnecessarily backlit keyboard clunked into place with a pleasing clunk into a wood panel effect crucible. Phil watched the lines of boot-up code fill the display before the endless reams of alphanumerical gibberish resolved into a rounded rectangle and a flashing warning in bold red text demanded a passcode. Phil cracked her long fingers and typed Darren is a dickhead. Footnote. For audiobook listeners, um, I'll just describe what that looks like. It's a capital D, then an at symbol, then two capital R's, a three, an N, also capital, an underscore, IZ, also capital, underscore, another at symbol, underscore, capital D, lowercase i, capital C, lowercase k, capital H, three, another at symbol, lowercase d, and then four exclamation marks. The console emitted a pleasing ping, and she was ready to get to work. Computer, give me a galactic map and highlight systems up to a radius of 15 chart points around the Vellum Cluster, would you, honey? On screen now, your majesty. Phil let out a deck-vibratingly loud laugh as she realised the nifty little bit of hackware she'd left in the computer's vocal processing subroutine still hadn't been discovered after all these cycles. She knew Compliance's ISSS department, Information Systems Services and Solutions, was famously incompetent, but the sheer jackability of Frost security protocols on the flagship was equal parts laughable and terrifying. After all, the vessel on what she was currently standing on boasted enough power to wipe out half a system and the fact that the main computer was wide open even to a moderately talented amateur jacker like her beggared belief. 
classic council. The sexy voice computer promptly displayed the information she'd requested, and at the center of the screen, the shifting mass of space-time known as the Vellum Cluster was represented by an error message. Clustered around the cluster in Sykespinner-shaped formation was the Deltron system, snake-free since 73, the Cathead Nebula, and the happy 13th birthday Michael asteroid belt. Footnote. In an attempt to replenish their depleted coffers after the costly fruit wars, the newly formed Galactic Council instituted an auction process for the naming rights of newly conquered enemy systems. This led to the reclassification of over 38 Carlaxian territories and gave birth to well-known areas such as the Janet Coyle Memorial Sphere, the Gentleman's Relish every Friday from 10 till midnight on Shock Radio Astrodome, and the F*** you Michelle Nebula. Display every tactical clothing and equipment retailer in the selected area, she ordered the computer. As you command, most majestic of majesties. <laughs> you. The display lit up with hundreds of thousands of tiny pinprick spots of light as the various planets, space stations, artificial asteroids, and stationary orbiting industrial complexes were populated by various retail outlets. Filter results by average price. List from low to high and remove any stores, stocking belts, or belt-adjacent products listed for a price above 2 cubits and 20 fibs. The huge selection of outlets began to narrow significantly as high-end retailers such as Tacticwest Solutions, Impact Bravo, and Splatter Pattern Warehouse were eliminated, leaving only the less reputable establishments like Elite Trooper Assault Systems, famous for their lovable corporate mascot Kevin the Combat Wombat, Killtech Superstore, and a third establishment with an equally funny name. Alrighty then, now we're getting somewhere. Said Phil encouragingly, because to be honest, the process of deduction was starting to drag on a bit. To save everyone time and help move things along, she disabled voice command and manually ran a net search on the remaining candidates, using the keywords clearance, wholesale, fire damaged, going out of business, and sold at a discounted rate due to non-compliance with galactic safety standards. 40 to 45 mercifully short seconds later, only 15 indicator lights were left on the screen, and Felicity Phobos felt her laser-sharp precision glare begin to narrow in on its target. With her lightning-fast but wildly inaccurate typing skills, she fed the remaining results through the computer's chrono-indication systems to verify upcoming pop-up flash sale warehouse clearance events within a chart point of the Venom Cluster figuring that if Carl had somehow got off Starhole before she was melted into space mush, he wouldn't have been able to get far without a ship, and he was always banging on about how he hated mass transit systems of any kind, particularly the so-called energy-efficient franchises that operated on the roots of the Vellum Cluster. Seven cycles was a stretch, though. Dark Cruiser could have stowed away on, stolen, or hijacked any number of vessels over that time, and be halfway across the damn universe by this point. The system returned a result and there was only one remaining location. Rimpoint Retail Asteroid. Okay, to me, the word is innovation. Innovation. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that's, that's incorrect. incorrect. I was, I was looking, looking for, for H-E-C-K-T-E-F-F-L-O-N-O. 
At Hector Fluono Development and Investment Opportunities Inc., we do things a little bit different. We're for the go-getters, the hyper-jet setters, the habitat cube letters, the early wakers, the mold breakers, the grab life by the collar and shakers. So whether you're a goer, a shower, or a multi-million cubit CEOer, you're with us, a Hector Fluonoer. From getting behind the thruster of your dream mega cruiser to relaxing on the shores of your private beach planet. Make it happen with our new Tetrahedron Life Bond. Hectaf Luon, no, you can't afford to miss out. Take a noise. Yeah. Yeah. Get your chops around that, lad. Oh, nothing like a nice family holiday, eh, son? Not a family holiday without mum, dad! Oh, I don't want to hear it, not today. Now eat your soy cream. No! I don't want soy cream, dad! Oh, no, not this again! I want authentic Earth-style sausage! Did somebody say authentic Earth-style sausage? Whoa! Cool surfboard, Uncle Dennis! Yes, young dude! This summer, it's first up at Uncle Dennis and Auntie Val's Authentic Earth-Style Sausage Palace and Shoe Repair Emporium. With our new and totally radical Salt Pig Rip Curl Bun Blaster! Wow! Sounds bodacious, Uncle D! Acidic? Of course it's not acidic! But don't take it from me, here's your Auntie Val with the lowdown! Bloody hell! Valerie! Keith! You look... You look good! You know, you, you look nice! That, that new hip suits you! What is he doing here, Den? You know what he did. I... I know, but it's, it's all in the past now, Val. I thought we might try and have a nice holiday. You know, as a family. Oh, please stay, Mum. Alright. Yes. Yes, alright. Oh, what the hells? Come here! <laughs> Sounds like what she said when she ran off with me brother. Well, just turn up the heat this summer with Uncle Dennis and Auntie Val's authentic Hurst House and Palace and Sue Repair Emporium. The investigation found no wrongdoing! If you, you are, are departing, departing here, here, please ensure, ensure you, you have, have all your personal, personal weapons, weapons with you. Unattended weapons may be charged for a lapse by security personnel. Felicity Phobos stepped lightly off the top-of-the-line eco-transport pod and landed a sensibly-heeled shoe onto the crowded main concourse of Rimpoint Retail Asteroid. The cavernous space was absolutely packed with smugglers, bounty hunters, soldiers of fortune and fruit war reenactors looking to score a sweet deal on both vintage and new combat puffers, elite cargo kilts and surplus Galcom backpacks. Phil elbowed her way through the throng of sweaty man-creatures as she scoured the mass of digital camouflage, olive green and tactical black for any sign of her prey. 
the annual warehouse clearance sale and product innovation show on Rimpoint was a key event in the calendar of any tactical clothing professional or enthusiastic amateur. As she pushed her way past a collective of red-faced humans arguing about the tensile strength of the latest Black Wave sidearm retention lanyard, a harsh beep from her wristbound communication and quick retrieval transbeam locator sounded above the din of mumbling men. What? Have you located the target? Good gods, man, I've been here all of two Stormins. Give a girl some time to work her magic, will ya? Besides, all these idiots dress the same. It's like looking for a needle in a needle stack. I'm not interested in your silly metaphors, Miss Phobos. Well, lucky that was a simile, then. <sighs> you may mistake me as a man who delights in pedantry, but you'd be wrong. I'm giving you three standard hours, and then I'm aborting this entire ridiculous operation. Understood? Look, if there's one thing I know about our cockamamie criminal, it's that the man loves a bargain. If he's alive, he'll be here. Phobos, out. With over a thousand stall holders and exclusive merchandise, Phobos was confident that if that cheap bastard Dark Cruiser was alive, there was no way he could resist the astronomical savings on low-profile multi-cam polymer tri-weave frag belts, triple-shielded hard-knuckle firestorm piloting gloves, or snug-form apex utility shorts with modular Gen 4 codpiece. All right. If I were Carl Dark Cruiser... She thought in her head. <laughs> And throw myself under a hover train. She figured it was no good trying to get in the head of a dead man. Anyway, psychological profiling usually required the subject to have some sort of psyche to profile, but Carl's brain was filled with nothing but an encyclopedic knowledge of Milk Rock album cover artwork, cyberball statistics, and tortured one-liners. Looked like she'd have to do some good old-fashioned investigative journalism. With the determination and vigor of a recent mid-40s divorcee with a new haircut, she strode towards the nearest stall and perused the vast selection of KMT Stormvale hydro cylinders on display at the stall to which she had so recently strode towards. She ran her big hands across the distressed plasteel surfaces of the HO2 receptacles. The ruddy-faced man behind the stall tracked the hands' movements with small, worried grey eyes and shifted in his Mark III Rapid Assault breathable mesh combat shirt. Something I can help you with, sir, he said, and then looked up. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I, I mean missus. It's Miss, actually. Miss Trinity Atlantis, Galactical Tactical Magazine. Mind if I ask you a few questions? Galactical Tactical, that rag? What makes you think I've got anything to say to you, eh? After that slander you published about how I use civilian-grade materials and mislabel the storage capacities of my cylinders? Phil mentally kicked herself for picking such a well-established and famously ruthless publication to pretend to be from, and turned up the intensity of the fake grin that painfully bifurcated her face. Look, you seem like a decent guy, so I'll level with you. I never bought that hack job either. Far as I'm concerned, these babies right here are the best on the market. But don't tell my editor I said that, okay? Oh, <laughs> well, sir. Very much appreciated, Mrs. Please, call me Trinity. So how about this? You answer a couple of my questions, and I see what I can do about getting you a retraction. Sound good? Well, all right then. It's not as bad as that prick neon deal chaser. Who? Oh, only the most feared foreign poster on the net hub. Oh, he's vicious, he is. Said Derek's breech new merino socks could withstand at best three or four serious excursions in high humidity jungle conditions. He's not been the same since. I mean, just look at him. The proprietor gestured with a camo-gloved hand towards the next stall. 
and Phil saw the figure of a skinny Tolivian with both sets of knees tucked into both of his mucus flaps, rocking back and forth. She'd seen that horrified look on his four eyes before, on shop clerks, docking attendants, and servo-cyborg waiting staff across half the galaxy. Innocent victims, drowned in the scarlet flood of Carl Darkruiser's particularly salty brand of consumer rights-based sass. Any idea where I can find this deal chaser character? Phil asked investigatively. The store owner looked around nervously and wiped the sweat from his significant forehead with a Titan white microfiber operational napkin, then turned his little piggy eyes back to Trinity, Felicity. Rumor has it that Neon's here somewhere. You ask me, he'd have to be dumber than a Vermosian edge salmon to show his face round here. Yeah, that sounds like our boy, all right. Deal chaser, you dumb son of a bitch. She whispered to Rivets. Who's that now? Nothing. Any idea where I could find this guy? Well, word on the forums is he's planning to sabotage the big Merc code product reveal this afternoon. He'd have to be as bold as a trapping- Cool, thanks for the info, doll. See you around. Said Felicity, as she was already turning on her heel to power walk away towards the flashy Merco installation in the center of the vast indoor shopping complex. Oi! What about my retraction? At least buy a hydro cylinder! No thanks, Polly. Sure's not really my cup of tea if you catch my meaning. She threw back a grin as she disappeared into the sea of men with expanding midriffs and thinning hair. Paulie held at bay by bucket hats of olive green, gunmetal grey and shit brown. Bobos reached the flashy stage setup just as the indoor pyrotechnics were starting to fire and the pumping bass of a totally bangy and specially composed track burst forth from high-fidelity hollow speakers that flanked the stage like a pair of ancient stone monoliths in some forgotten ruin of old earth. The crowd was already at fever pitch thanks to the impressive audio-visual display and she saw more than a few of them nodding appreciatively at the elaborate cable runs that surrounded the stage like creeping vines snaking up the cracked stone facade of some forgotten ancient ruin on old earth. Gentlemen, Gentlemen please, please welcome, welcome your host, host for this afternoon's Merco Product Innovation Show, Rick Ross! From high above the mass of khaki and bald spots, legendary vidnet survivalist Rick Rock leapt from a hovering support beam and plummeted to the stage below. Just as Phil thought the celebrity hard bastard was about to become a particularly watery serving of Zarkian birthday soup, the soles of his QTX Biomesh foot armor glared with the plume of twin miniaturized repulsor jets and the net platform skirmish tongue of his operational grade footwear deposited a complement of zero-grav shells to cushion the big man's landing. The crowd went completely berserk. There hadn't been this much excitement in the air of the Rimpoint annual warehouse clearance sale and product innovation show since the launch of Holdfast Ultra Zips back in 93. All eyes were on Rick Rock as a robotic stagehand attached a tiny headset to his massive face. All eyes, that was, except for Felicity Phobos, his eyes, which swiveled about the place like mad. 
Who are you, Ratty? For the biggest leap forward in bugger bag technology since Joe Cushion buckle hardware! Screamed Rock. The roar was deafening, and Phil clasped her massive hands over her ears to dampen the excited whoops, yells, and yee-haws that poured forth from the 30 to 35 men that surrounded her. The lights dimmed, and a giant display screen the size of a medium-sized Greg's rose from the newly formed opening in the stage floor, which slid apart slowly like the long-sealed doors of some forgotten ancient ruin on old Earth. Phil glanced across the gormless faces, staring up at the slick presentation that was just beginning, and, seeing no sign of Dark Cruiser, started to doubt her confidence that the former space pirate was even among them. Since the dawn of time, men has dreamed of a high-capacity carry-all that combines ultimate customization with unbeatable durability. Images of proto-humanoid lifeforms carrying animal skulls in roughly woven twig baskets moved elegantly across the screen. You could tell the images were from the past because they were in black and white and were scored with ethnically indistinct tribal drumming. The amassed men seemed somehow hypnotized by the rhythmic drumming, and a hush fell over them, just as Phil heard a small clattering to her left. She looked over to see a mysterious hooded figure shuffling suspiciously beneath the hard-light hollow-projected red velvet rope barrier and into the backstage VIP area. She elbowed her way out of the throng and gave the situation a quick once-over to make sure that no one was looking. Today, Mako achieves that dream! shouted Rock as the space went into total blackout and Portenta's music filled the cavernous shopping center. Now was her chance. She quickly whacked out the emergency night viz gogs she'd nabbed from a nearby stall and slipped beneath the barrier with the elegance of a trained ferret, weasel, or mongoose. Through the green glow of the gogs' twin visual display monitors, she could just make out the disappearing shine of a long, reflective cloak swishing into the tight passageway between the huge plasteel support struts at the back of the platform. They said you couldn't reinforce a grab-and-go carrier handle and provide padded sternum strap, but Merco did it! She squeezed through the confined submarine-like mass of metal and wiring in hot pursuit of her target. They said eight zones of padding to provide maximum ventilation as well as localised hollow projection for ID or morale badge was impossible. But Marco did it! Phil emerged into the darkened control gallery at the end of the corridor, just in time to see the hooded hoodlum leap over a bay of mixing desks, monitor banks and android technicians and disappear behind a portable oil drainage cubicle. They said that an admin pocket with retention straps and loose-fit open top mesh compartment in the same module and rugged acid-resistant outer materials was, I quote, f***ing mental. But Merco did it! Gentlemen, I give you! The lights boomed back on and she was blinded in her night vision goggles, sending her flailing to remove them from her face and also sending her face flailing towards a nearby control panel. The aforementioned flailing dislodged the incredibly obsolete yet vitally important scart lead that carried the slick vid feed to the main screen. The excitement that Rick Rock had so skillfully inflated was punctured like a balloon at a knife kiosk 
and the crowd unleashed a winding sigh of disappointment. Phil felt a cold steel hand grasp her shoulder and lob her out of the control center onto the floor in front of the stage platform. She lifted her head to see an angry wall of angry men staring down at her. Hey there, fellas. Sorry, I almost didn't see you there. Oh, thanks very much, said a genuinely pleased man dressed in head-to-toe camouflage. Shut up, Barry, bellowed an angry voice. Just what were you doing back there, love chunks? Before Phil could answer or throw up, she wasn't entirely sure which would happen when she opened her mouth, a third angry voice howled from the group. She's trying to sabotage the presentation! It screamed angrily. It's him! Shouted another. Might have known the ideal chaser would be a frazzin' woman! A fourth spitted. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is why we shouldn't have given them NetHub access, said Barry. Phil, who thought she and Barry had built up something over a poor a couple of sentences earlier, was shocked by a sudden outburst of bigotry, and she raised her hands in an attempt to defuse the potentially explosive situation. Whoa there, fellas! You got the wrong gal! There was a guy in a hood! See? And- Bruxel shit! Shouted yet another unnamed background character as he drew a multi-purpose tool from his rugged hardshell carry case. The dazzling array of attachments on the thing had the capability to do some serious damage, and Phil realized that if she didn't take him down quickly, she'd soon find herself on the sharp end of a reamer or get a serious tweezing. Come on, fellers! Let's get her! The angry mob descended on her angrily, but before she could raise her substantial fists to beat them off, a plume of thick green smoke unfurled in front of her, and for the second time in about five starmins, she felt a cold hand grasp her shoulder firmly. Come on, through the food court! Felicity was hardly one to follow strange men into food courts, despite what you might have heard, but she had no choice. From a tactical standpoint, one isolated opponent would be easier to take down than a gaggle of them, so she decided to roll the dice. Get after him! Shouted one of the angry men from earlier, don't know which one. Forget it, fellas, said Rick Rock, who appeared from the back of the mob and laid a gentle hand on the reddest of them's shoulder. That's a Merco T40 plus smoke grenade with fast action ring pull and high density micro bead diffusion pattern. They'll be long gone before the guaranteed six to seven minutes of coverage dissipates. Phil and her mysterious saviour cleared the dense smoke just short of the second-best thorax 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 outlet on Rimpoint, and they both doubled over to catch their respective breaths. Lungs fully refilled, Phil lifted her head to see the hydro-cylinder salesman from a few pages earlier standing across from her with a vintage phase blaster held tight in his left hand. With an athleticism that was at odds with his portly figure, the mysterious stall owner hopped up onto a nearby white clean table, casually kicked aside the remains of a family-sized platter of live Trello bats, and looked with intense intent through the still soupy low-hanging smoke that covered their path. Right, we think we've lost them for now. Thanks for the assist, but I could have handled those coldars myself. I don't doubt it. But you ought to be more careful snooping around restricted areas, Miss Phobos. Who's Phobos? The name's Trinity Atlantis, remember? You think I bought that for a second? You're even crazier than all you remember. 
But you were right about one thing, Red. Oh, yeah? Murmured Phil suspiciously, the fib starting to drop. What's that? These cheap hollow max do get damn itchy, said Carl, Dark Cruiser. The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Felicity Phobos was played by Theodora C. Sinclair. The voice of Administrator Darren, Helmsman Phil, Nigel, Rick Rock, Angry Man number 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and Carl Dark Cruiser was T.L. Dawnstar. Next chapter, Dark Cruiser Resurrection. <laughs>